powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. Uh, my name is Brady. I'll be your host here tonight. I'm joined by my fantastic guest, uh, Kishore Hari. Uh, Kishore and I go back a little bit. He used to uh, uh, host on the Jet Centric podcast. If you've been following myself as well as Liss through our kind of podcast journeys, you'll know Kishore, I'm sure. Um, but it's fantastic to get him back on the show here, considering he's been in chat more than a few times. Uh, Kishore, how are you feeling tonight? Uh, how do you not feel good after that performance? Uh, shocking performance, too. Yeah. No. Uh, who would expect that after a back-to-back, especially after the kind of stinker, even though we came out with a win against the Sabres? It was not a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game, uh, the, the Jets came into this one with uh, a lot of excuses handy to them. You know, uh, everyone's kind of going through their flu. Uh, the flu is kind of going through their team a bunch. Uh, they're on the second half of a back-to-back where they didn't play great in the first one. Uh, so coming into this one, I was, you know, hoping that we didn't have to see the Jets do their classic uh, Jets find a way to win kind of thing. Um, but wow, like what a fantastic game. Like I, I, I you can't not sit here and feel... Um, confident and, and excited and happy to see uh you know what the jets are going to do come uh you know playoff time you know playing against uh sydney crosby evgeny malkin uh all these guys who you know the the penguins aren't necessarily want like doing fantastic this year um but there's st- still a huge, extremely dangerous team um yeah I, I got i'm i'm just i was just sitting here gushing about the game uh the entire time um uh- Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it was amazing to watch unless you're a Penguins fan. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Penguins fan, it must have been one of the most boring, uh, frustrating things to watch because it was the most complete Jets game that I've seen this season. From top to bottom, they got consistent play all around. Um, and uh, when you take two penalties and they're all on like technicalities, Mm-hmm. That shows you how clean of a game they played on top of it being a complete game. too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, again, all around Jets played incredible. And, uh, you know, that actually kind of leads me into my first question. I was going to say, would you say that this was a game where the Jets uh, kind of imposed their will? Uh, they they played their game and, and did exactly what they wanted. Or would you say that maybe the Penguins didn't step up to the plate enough or kind of a mixture of the two? I think it's a mixture of the two. I never thought the Penguins got into the game. It you could see they weren't engaged the uh throughout the game. I thought the Zucker fight where he engaged <laughs> with Dylan kind of showed a little bit of desperation because of how flat mm-hmm. they were. Uh so I think you can't discount just how out of sorts that team uh, uh played. I mean, here's a stat for you. Uh Sidney Crosby, zero shots on goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh Genny Malkin, one shot on goal. That's not how the Penguins normally play. So I don't think we can discount that. But that being said, the Jets really controlled the entire flow of play. You could really see how uh the systems that have been put in place now with the fourth defenseman joining the rush um really put the Penguins on their back heel. Uh, And even though in that first period, especially in the first like 10 minutes, we saw some Jets turnovers at the blue line Mm -hmm. as the game progressed, the Jets really did start to have their system where all of a sudden you get a zone exit. Uh, They come with speed into the neutral zone. Fourth defenseman joins the rush. 
creates uh, pressure on the Penguins defense, create lanes. Uh, almost all the Jets goals came from that kind of flow uh, into the zone. And then the Penguins are just on their back heel trying to exit the zone and Jets are throwing it right back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that was an impose your will game. The reason you can't say it's a total impose your will game for the Jets it's Dave Radick in that like <laughs> it's never a fully imposed the Jets will game unless Hellebuck is in there but still that's true I mean I mean the the Penguins only had the one goal and and like I and you can't even blame Dave Redick for that goal uh you know as much as we love to praise uh DeMello and say uh you know talk about how underrated he is uh, man did he look like a bit of a fool on that uh on that goal but I, I again that's that's just one play where uh, things don't go your way and everything kind of falls apart. Uh, you could equally get as mad, uh, you know, to uh, against uh, who was it? Adam Lowry, who kind of, you know, maybe made a pass when he probably shouldn't have in the offensive zone. But again, tonight was a game I found where the Jets didn't make a ton of mistakes. And even when they did make those mistakes, they were able to clean up the mess that they kind of made. That was one of the issues I, I found the other night against Buffalo was that um, whenever the, the Jets made mistakes, it was like, it was just a disaster. Everything was falling apart. Everyone was, was, you know, falling to try and, uh, and pick everything back up. Um, whereas tonight it seemed like they, one, didn't allow themselves to make as many mistakes. Um, and then two, when those mistakes happened, it was a calm, cool, collected, you know, let's, let's, let's just, uh, let's build back up from this, uh, put the, the, the house of cards back together. Um, before we continue here, I do have to do a little quick little ad read. So, uh, hey, think you know which way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, and play are on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all the sp- sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com SDPN, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Um... All right, Kishore, before we hop back into the game, I, I just want to give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, introduce yourself a little bit more to the audience here. Uh, you know, for for those who don't know, Kishore is currently living uh, in in the States. He, you're in San Francisco at the moment. Is that correct? Um, That's right. And uh, so it's not not frequent that you find Jets fans uh, from anywhere other than Winnipeg. Uh, I'm just curious. Uh, feel free to share. How did you become a Jets fan? Yeah, so I've always been the token American Jets fan for as long as I know. And I was actually a Jets 1.0 fan. The first, um, uh, well, I should back up and say I was born in Buffalo. That's why there's the Bills helmet here. Um, but I really grew up outside of Pittsburgh. That's where I, I played hockey. And I didn't go to a pro game until I was a, a teenager. And the first game uh, I saw uh, first Penguin game I ever saw. This was Lemieux Yager days. It was, I think it was like 30 years ago now um, because it was like December of 92. It might've been January of 93. Uh, they played Winnipeg and it was Solani's rookie year. Solani scored. The problem was, is that the Penguins had Yager, Francis and Lemieux and they also all scored. So the Jets got routed, but uh, it was awesome. Uh, to watch that team play and to see uh, Solani score. 
and I became a fan of that team. This up here behind me is my first Winnipeg Jets hat that I bought in 93. That's awesome. Um, that I still have 30 years later. And so I totally fell in love with the team uh, back in the, in the mid 90 days. And that, and that's when I was like first playing hockey and stuff and uh, just kind of stayed as a fan ever since. Awesome. That's, that's, that's great to hear. I'm glad to, I'm not surprised when you say uh team Mussolini scored in the game that you went to go see. Um, <laughs> coming back to, uh, to the goal, the, the game today, um, I thought one of the interesting things today um, was that the second line, the, uh, you know, the Shifley, Wheeler and uh, Perfetti line played what I thought a fantastic game. Um, if the Jets are going to play this style where they have this big line up top, um, they need they need some support from their second line. And surprisingly, again, while Cole Perfetti was, you know, potentially a, a game time decision, he ended up uh, playing tonight, even despite uh, you know, the illnesses that is going around the team that he had, you know, yesterday as well, too. Um, I thought that that line had a a fantastic, uh, you know, outing tonight. Obviously, Mark Shifley almost gets the hat trick. Um, what did you see from both of the top lines? And, you know, what did you think about the uh, both of their games? So coming off of last night where the Perfetti Shifley Wheeler line really got caved in. And uh, we got, uh, can we call it? I think some in the chat are calling it the Perfetti flu game. Yeah, uh, I think we're going <laughs> to call gonna it say. that. <laughs> I think it's the Perfetti flu game. Um, I think we saw a really disciplined night from that line. Uh, and uh, I loved um, uh, the goal where uh, uh, Wheeler gives the amazing pass to Shifley. Oh. If you watch that goal back, I kind of rewound it to watch it back. Um there's a, a kind of a, a quick zone exit. Exit. Uh, Demel gets the the puck up. Uh, Perfetti has space, takes time, um, and that draws a defenseman over. Um, uh, or actually, Pionk. Sorry, it was Pionk that came in with the rush, pushed a defenseman out of the way with his rush with speed, gave Perfetti a little space. He makes that awesome cross ice mm -hmm. pass to Wheeler. Wheeler does an amazing job kind of freezing the defense and then giving Shifley the tap in. That's everything you want to see from them because they got the a clean zone entry on offense and then were able to use their playmaking ability. I think when we've seen that line struggle, we've seen it in two ways. One, they kind of get out muscled in the in their own end mm -hmm. and really have trouble getting the puck out of their zone. And two, really coming in with speed into the uh, offensive zone that gives Perfetti a little bit more space to do the playmaking he's done. I wonder not to be a little, you know, you know, overly analytic here. I wonder how much of that is they often get the Dylan Pionk pairing mm -hmm. on with them, as opposed to the Morrissey DeMello or Morrissey Schmidt, which we saw a little bit of in the second period. And uh, that pairing isn't as helpful <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, coming up the ice. I will say um, they're, they're not bad players, but they're just not as helpful, but we really saw Pionk really drive, especially on that goal really well and create some space for, for that crew. And then what, what can you say about Mark Shifley except just amazing? Yeah. That was one of the best disallowed goals. I think I've ever seen that mm -hmm. tip was unreal. Um, it just the goal scoring talent that we're seeing uh, from him uh, and, and not fade away, uh, even as he kind of gets into his age 29 year. I, I, I can't say enough about him. And obviously, I think a lot has been said about Wheeler's resurgent season. Uh, and so um, 
Yeah, I think the Jets actually will go primarily as Hellebeck goes, but I think secondarily as this line goes, because their top line is going to be one of the top lines yeah. in the league. I I, uh, I completely agree. And I actually, I'm glad you brought that goal up because I feel like that goal is almost the perfect culmination of what Rick Bonus wants to see from his team. Um as well as just the the ability to match kind of the system with the skill, with the effort and everything. Again, I know you kind of reiterated the goal, but just again, getting a clean zone exit from uh, from Pionk, coming up with the puck, passing it, it up to Cole Brevetti, who takes the time to analyze. And one of the things that we have to like... This is one thing I've noticed with Perfetti this year specifically. He is so good at making those passes as he comes into the zone and finding that third forward who's coming in high. Not a lot of teams really expect that. A lot of teams expect you to try and drive the net, maybe dump it in. Um, but he's he is, you know, his vision uh, obviously is incredible. And especially on a night like tonight, like that goal was almost so perfect. And then again, Blake Wheeler comes in, has all the time in the world, so much space. He well, first of all, he finds the open ice, um, and once he's there, again, he takes his patience with with the puck and is able to draw both the uh, the goalie as well as the defenseman over. And then to top it off, the goal from Mark Scheifele. Like, it wasn't like Mark Scheifele just had a tap in in front of the net. Like he had to outmuscle the defender to get in position to tap that one in. Like that was just all around what I would say. Uh, a perfect uh, Rick bonus drawn up goal. If he was drawing that up on the whiteboard, like that is exactly the complete and utter uh, culmination of it. Um, but then even, you know, coming back, you know, taking a step back from that, this entire game felt like the the Rick bonus blueprint. Uh, we've had a couple games this year where, um, where, you know, the discussion of the Rick bonus blueprint is, uh, is all around the team. You know, there's the game early on against uh, the blues. There's one against the, uh, the Bruins. Um, and tonight just feels exactly like that. Again, they, one of the things I also wanted to uh, like, just say that like give them emphasize was their ability to like throughout the game. Like it didn't feel, feel like the jets had any worry about what was going on. Like it felt like they kept dominating. They didn't like let their foot off the gas, maybe a little bit in the third, but that's just kind of the standard, you know, wrap this thing up. Let's get out of here. Go back home. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't have anything to throw to you specifically on this. I just wanted to also say like, wow, just incredible. Like I, I am still just so astounded um, at this this game by the Jets. Like it was fantastic. You know what? To add on to the to the brick bonus blueprint, what I've been seeing the last you know dozen games that I've really loved is uh, it's something that I call um, it, it's a throwback to when I, I played hockey. We used to um, uh, play uh, just ball street hockey in, in, in our cul-de-sac. And we used to do this thing with my friends. We just play every day. Um, when somebody was getting frustrated, we just started yelling at them. Are you frustrated? Are you frustrated? <laughs> and your job was to get under the skin uh, of as many people as possible. And, uh, this game, and going back a, a dozen games, I think we've seen Pierre-Luc Dubois, Brandon Dillon, a bunch of Jets players get under the skin of opposing teams and then doing some really undisciplined things because of that, that open up items. So like that Shifley goal that we, we've talked about started because Malkin took a undisciplined run at Dillon. 
and then Dylan pushed it Pionk up to Perfetti and they buried it. But the other time that I saw this was on the PK when they when they tried to set a one timer to Malkin and he whiffed on it and he banged his his stick into the into the boards because the PK every time somebody got the puck on the Penguins there was a jet right on them there was a jet skating at them with speed everywhere they tried to move the puck this is a power play with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin okay like I get Chris Letang's not out there but like they know how to move the puck they know how to pass the puck I was so impressed with how their ability to stifle and frustrate teams is sort of the opposite of what was happening when they went to Boston and were playing a really good game but then Boston imposed their will on the Jets and you could see the Jets starting to get frustrated we saw the opposite here um, just one stat to kind of emphasize my point on uh, the bonus blueprint, especially on the PK. Last year, Winnipeg, uh, 28th in the league in PK, gave up 58 power play goals. Uh, this year, halfway through, we've given up 20. So we're on pace to give up 18 goals less um, uh, this year. That's six to eight wins uh, just from PK imp uh, improvement. We are the most improved PK in the entire league. That is the difference between us being a one or a two seed um, versus being a bubble team. Absolutely. And looking at this team, like you really have to hand it to Rick Bonus, Scotty Arneal, the rest of the coaching crew um, for the change that we've seen in the Jets this year. Like it's insane to be sitting here, you know, when a year ago, you know, Paul Maurice had, you know, maybe just resigned probably like a month ago. Uh, Dave Lowry is like a, a, a month into his tenure uh, and everything is falling apart for the Jets. Whereas you look now to this year and the Jets have three people who are, uh, you know, in the conversation for an award. You have Rick Bonus, obviously, with the Jack Adams, Bones for Adams. Absolutely. Uh, you've got Josh Morrissey on, on Norris Watch, Josh Norrissey. You've got Connor Hellebuck in the Vesna conversation, who I think will win it. Like, it's just been insane to see the, the difference. Uh, but regardless of systems, just vibes-wise, too, like, looking at... Uh, the rest of the team like the vibes are so much better like you see even an, an example of that would be the uh the the Nick Ehlers um Nate Schmidt uh offside where you know Nate Schmidt goes offside he thinks that Ehlers is going to be able to get the pass over across to him um but rather instead of seeing you know two guys come together at the end going oh fucking you should have passed it to me oh you should have fucking stopped up yelling at each other uh both you know, both the guys came together and uh, we're having fun. Like, you know, they're laughing, looking at each other, smiling. And uh, and it's just great to see that, like, the vibes all around the team uh, are completely different nowadays. Since you're talking about vibes, I'm going to bring up our favorite topic. Has anyone had as much impact on the NHL season as Paul Maurice? Um, <laughs> and I, wa I want to put it this way. Paul Maurice has caused with the Rick Bonus hiring a probably a 20 to 30 point shift in the Jets final uh, point total for the year. And he's probably going to be negative 40 for the Panthers. That yes. is he himself, 60 points that... uh, in differential right there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you can't really like 
put fully put it on him considering uh you know there was can some we changes put a lot though oh for sure i mean it would, just as we can put a lot on uh you know take a you know take a little bit away from bones and say you know maybe that this is just the jets with adequate coaching uh you know that's also a, a potential reason um but yeah it's it's insane to see just the difference uh both in in florida as well as here in winnipeg uh comparing the two coaches uh, and and their their body of work um Okay, I have a question for you. Was it a yeah. goal? The interference? Yeah, it was a goal. Like, it, I think it's uh, this thing is uh, we don't know what goalie interference is. We haven't known what goalie interference is for the last five years. We still don't know what it is. Uh, it, but And I, I was watching the Pittsburgh broadcast, and they actually, they're a pretty homer broadcast, <laughs> but they said something pretty, uh, I think, authentic and true. They're like, once a goalie calls it one way, it takes, especially when they count it no goal, it takes an incredible amount to overturn it um, from yeah. Toronto to change it to a goal. So there is no way once it was called a no goal, even if he didn't touch him, which he didn't really touch him, and Dublin kind of pushed PLD into him, um, that they were going to overturn that. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's a terror. That's a bad challenge just mm -hmm. because the likelihood they're going to overturn it because no one knows what the rule is. So like uh, I thought it was uh, a, a goal. I was more upset about the Shifley one, even though it was clearly offside yeah. just because of how beautiful it was. Maybe yeah, that's that. That is totally fair. So, OK, so to be clear, you're saying that you think that that should have been a goal. Do you think that that was a a a correct challenge to make. Uh, obviously it didn't end up having much of a, an effect on the game because, you know, it, it didn't, but it, but you know, I, I was having a bit of an argument with my dad. We were texting back and forth and he just goes, that's an awful, awful challenge to make. Like this could be a pivotal moment in the game, blah, blah, blah. And I just went calm down. It's not a big deal. Um, so are you on the side of one, it should have been a goal. And two, you think that that's a good challenge. I thought it was a bad challenge because, um, I think you would see it on the player's face. Like PLD mm -hmm. didn't wasn't like raising his arms up, arguing, coming back to the bench. He kind of knew what was what right away. So I think you know that you're going to lose that challenge mm -hmm. there. Um, and uh, I do also think it's a bad challenge because it's really unlikely you're going to uh, you're going to win that challenge. Most, if not all, the momentum is on your side. Yeah. So you are handing over an opportunity to the Penguins that you don't really need to. Uh, your team is is basically um, starting to put the vice on on the Penguins at that point. I just saw no reason for it. It wasn't like he was down one and that would have put us down two and you need to make that challenge just because if you don't, game starts to slip away. It wasn't that situation at all. Um, and, and it wasn't as close I think for what it would take to overturn it as, uh, as what you thought. And he challenged it right away. Yeah. There wasn't that like, I'm going to like, you know, stall for 15 seconds. Oh, David Riddick's mask is, is kind of busted. He's going to skate over. There was none of that, like stalling for time um, either. So um, I, I, I thought it was a bad challenge. It's not the worst challenge in the world because it should have been a goal, but uh, I'll live with it. It is what it is. Yeah, I personally was on the side of I didn't think it would be a goal uh, and I didn't think it should have been a goal. Not because I think necessarily like, like he specifically interfered with it, but, um, uh, you know, looking at it, Pierre-Luc Dubois enters the crease 
by his own volition. Yeah, he does kind of get into Tokarski's way uh, and is a little bit pushed by, I think it was Brian Dumoulin. But I think that that um, regardless of that, I think that, uh, you know, once you enter the once you enter the crease like that and you get you put yourself in that position, I don't think that Brian Dumoulin had enough of an effect on Dubois to actually make it um, make it so that, you know, it wasn't he was pushed in kind of thing. Uh, and I thought that the challenge was, you know, as you said, kind of tough considering, you know, it takes a lot to turn over a goal once it's considered, you know, no goal already. Um, but I also am sitting there going, you know, this could be, uh, uh, you know, if 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 you believe that this is a goal, I, you know, I, I don't have an issue with, excuse me, with trying to challenge it. But uh, I, I digress. Uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't really matter yeah. in the end. The, the silly thing is, had it been ruled a goal on the ice, I think it would have counted. That's the stupid thing about That's, this entire rule. Yeah, and that is and that is very fair. <laughs> I, I I definitely I definitely see what you're saying saying there. Um, alrighty, I I don't necessarily unless you have a specific thing you want to say. Uh, I just I, think that I, I have just, one weird question to ask you. Oh, absolutely, go ahead. Can we talk about Dustin? Tokarski's stance what was oh that? my what is this <laughs> I he like hunched over like this like compact like I played goalie going up everything was like be big be as big as possible and he has this weird like hunchback stance it was the strangest thing I've seen I don't think I've ever seen him play I don't recall seeing him play uh or at least starting and I was like this is absurd and weird mm-hmm. I I I would almost equate it to a bit of a hunchback, but almost like he's about to pounce, like he's like a like a cat or something, like a tiger. But so like I get maybe that this uh, allows you to kind of block above your shoulders, but then again, you're not really reaching out sideways. Uh, you know, goalie stances are always kind of weird, and it is, I guess, kind of preference. But also, you know, I've I've seen things about how goalies have changed, you know, certain stances, and that kind of led to their careers being revitalized. I remember specifically there was one with uh, Semyon Varlamov back in the day. He His glove hand was very poor, and then he started um, doing more of a, like, almost like a like a catcher, uh, like a baseball catcher, where you're kind of holding it in front of your your face a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm not a goalie expert, but I, I definitely sat there going, what what is this guy doing? It does look a little odd. Um, so I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it is a very funny point. Um, the one thing I was going to say, and I'll let, if you would like to, to take this and run and talk about him, uh, I'll let you, but I think that only, it's only fair to mention, I thought that Neil Pionk had a good game. We've been ragging on him a lot. Um, you know, both on Twitter and, uh, and here, and I'm sure, uh, Nick who's in the chat won't love it. Cause, uh, you know, he, I know that he specifically want, is on the trade Pionk. Uh, bandwagon but hey maybe th- this is a, a game where you see his stock kind of go up around the uh, around the league um did you have anything to say on Pionk and what you thought uh what you saw from him it was a much stronger game from Pionk and um I think the frustration with Pionk that I've had um is that I'm kind of expecting that pairing to be to mirror the Morrissey DeMello pairing mm-hmm. where you have a stay-at-home defenseman And then your other defenseman can be kind of aggressive and fill the lane and, and really go for it. And we have, we've seen a lot of tentativeness from Pionk. Um, And we didn't see that tonight. I thought he played, uh, I thought I saw him skating a little more freely. Um, I know that's not like a quantifiable thing, but he seemed um, pretty open. Um, 
if for those that are really analytically inclined, um, uh, Micah McCurdy, um, uh, who runs Hockey Viz, uh, made this the free game. It's usually behind a paywall. Yeah. Uh, and you can actually go look at all the detailed uh, stats. And he keeps stats shift by shift. And you can see how um, uh, Pionk's deployment, um, there was a lot more zone exits um, yeah. from the Pionk dylan pair that than what we normally see uh and when you have like clean zone exits from that tandem we're we're gonna see a lot of um a good results from them mm -hmm. uh i also thought pionk was getting his shot through better yeah uh and uh that's really a if that's true if peon can elevate his game not a lot just a little bit uh i think that'll be a huge benefit to uh winnipeg in the second half um because I like what I see from Schmidt. I think Sandberg is still ugh, there's there's good and bad with him. Um, it's been it's been rough. But if five of your six defensemen are playing like they should, uh, you're really set up for um, a good run, especially with how dynamic that top line is. Um, for sure. Oof, holy moly, that yeah. top line. Yeah, I um, when it comes to Pionk, like uh, again, if you if you can have two pairs of your defense playing well, uh, that's always gonna you know be a recipe for success just to start with. Uh, I am gonna push back a little bit. I think Sandberg's been pretty good. He has had his games here and there, but I think that he's been, uh, you know, a a, a a breath of fresh air. I almost said that backwards. Um, in, in regards to that sixth defense spot, I think he's been pretty good. He especially in comparison to Stanley. Um, as Dave Smith says in the chat yeah, there, no, ar no argument there, no argument, <laughs> but, um, he's been solid, but he, it's like, it's still a little rough. He's a rookie. Exactly. Yeah. And what I found Pionk did tonight was that, uh, as you were saying, he was, you know, breaking the puck out a lot better. Um, I'm going to steal it's, you know, I have to give credit. Uh, I think it's Sean, Sean Reynolds always mentions that Pionk plays his best when he's activating a lot. And tonight was a game where it seemed like he was constantly that fourth forward kind of thing in the play and he wasn't you know flubbing yeah there's been a lot of things recently where we've seen him kind of flub pucks here and there and it is kind of rough um but uh, i thought tonight he played well especially on the puck he wasn't flubbing passes he he was you know breaking the puck out nicely um you know, if if he is going to stay around, I you know he's a guy who I potentially would love to see you know them explore the trade market on. Um, considering I was looking at uh, Dom Lachizan's player cards today, and he is his his market value is listed at league min, uh, <laughs> and uh, his surplus value is negative five point nine, meaning he is val worth zero dollars. He's not a negative value, but it is what it is. Um, Regardless, if he can, you know, get back to normal and keep playing, because I think that there is something nagging him in his skating. His skating has been a little bit off. Um, but I think that, you know, if he can form his his stuff back together, if he keeps playing like he did tonight, I don't see an, uh, an issue with paying him what we are. But again, it all it, it's one game. You can't you can't make all of your all of your uh, decisions based on one game. Um, but it is what it is. Um I think we're going to have to wrap it up here already. I'm I'm getting low on my time on Zoom here. I wish we could chat forever. Like this is great. I'm I've got to have you back on the show again, Kishore. You're you're a fantastic guest and uh great at analyzing the game uh and such a such a great mind for for hockey here. Yeah, I I'd love to be back. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for all the comments in the in the chat. My one hub going forward poor Carson Kuhlman. He had two <laughs> golden opportunities. Get that man a goal. 
get that man a goal. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had the empty nighter the other night, but I would love for him to get his actual, uh, you know, goal on a goalie and not have his kind of uh, like like Kyle Connor uh, <laughs> drought like uh, like he did at the start of the season where he hadn't scored on a goalie. Um, but hey, you know, maybe that'll come. The Jets have been playing well, and uh, I think he's actually fit in decently well on that third line. He's much better in the bottom six. That's for sure. Hey, and uh, we should wrap by just saying this. Your first place Winnipeg Jets. Your first place Winnipeg Jets. Incredible. Uh, wow. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining me here tonight, Kishore. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Feel free. Please give us a, a like on the stream. Uh, make sure to follow Kishore on Twitter. Uh, what, what's your handle there? Oh, it's it's Science Quiche. Uh, mm-hmm. of course give, uh, give Kishore a follow, give myself a follow at NHL chunky, uh, Liz hood, uh, on Twitter. And of course, SDPN sports, uh, thank you all for tuning in for game over Winnipeg. I'll be live back with you guys on uh, Sunday for the, uh, for the coyotes game. Uh, have yourselves a wonderful evening. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Thanks again for coming out. Game over! Powered by sports interaction, Canada sports book.